Welcome to episode 280 of In Touch with iOS, the show that talks about iPhone, iPad, Apple Watch, Apple TV, and related technologies. I'm your host, Dave Ginsberg, and I got my usual suspects here today. Uh, ben Rathick, great to see you. How are you doing? Glad you're here. I'm doing great, Dave. It's been an interesting day. That's great. And Jeff Gamet's here as well. How are you doing, Jeff? I'm doing well, and uh, I can't wait to hear about all the interesting things because it's been a, a busy and interesting day for me. Uh, yes, interesting in some things you've done today, as well as there's a, quite a bit of news to talk about, especially some breaking news that just happened uh, today as we record this. But uh, lots of news to look at. Uh, beta, got a new version came out this week. Uh, we might even talk a little bit about, uh, something that they might be changing in iMessage. Mm, let's tease that a little bit, uh, mm. as well as a couple other, uh, hot topics. Uh, but, uh, let's just, uh, dive right into the news. Uh, last week we, we, uh, we really put, uh, our, our friend Chuck Joyner on this, on the spot when we talked about OneDrive because we know how much he loves Microsoft. Uh, so right, <laughs> right during the show, as we recorded last week, talking about the fact that OneDrive was uh, going to quiz you before letting you to quit, uh, OneDrive, uh, Microsoft did a 360 and said, oh yeah, we were just testing this and it, it, it unfortunately got released by mistake. Uh, and that's unfortunate that that happened. Uh, but, uh, oh, okay. Microsoft, it, sure. You, you, you just wanted to see what, what would happen. Uh, it once, uh, once you, uh, put it out there that what people were going to say and boy, did they say it right, Ben? <laughs> oh yeah. Hey, hey, good job on using the same, uh, email template that T-Mobile did Microsoft. Yeah. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> it's like, you're reading my mind, Ben. If, if, uh, anybody doesn't, didn't recall from last week, you know, Microsoft was supposedly changing OneDrive uh, on, on a Mac or a, or a Windows machine, for that matter, that when you would go to exit OneDrive, it would say, "Do you, why are you why are you exiting this? You shouldn't be exiting this." And then it would have a whole reason why you know I don't want to use it, or, or other or whatever the problem is. And yeah, they got quite a big backlash. But and I'm sure Jeff, you feel the same way. <laughs> I do. It was it was ridiculous that they did this, and. Uh... And it's not surprising that they followed T-Mobile's lead and backtracked in the same way. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I don't think this was an accidental rollout, just like I don't think no. T-Mobile's uh, forced price changes were an accidental rollout. And you know what? It's okay for a company to to do something like this and then just totally own it and say, you know what? Sorry, that was a bad move. Sorry, and uh, and so we rolled it back. Our bad. Let's just all move on. Yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah. We we will move on because I don't it's worth any more time talking about OneDrive after that nonsense. Uh, <laughs> let's go ahead and talk about uh, PlayStation a little bit. Uh, Apple Music is now going to be you're going uh, on a PlayStation. They're going to offer six months of free Apple Music for PlayStation Five owners. As a part of an effort to promote Apple Music, boy, Apple does a great job of doing that on almost every platform you can conceivably think of. Apple is offering PlayStation 5 owners up to six months of free access to Apple Music streaming service. Uh, Apple uh, uh, 
PlayStation 5 owners will need to sign into the PlayStation Network, download the Apple Music app, follow the on-stream instructions, and, you know, yada, yada, yada. It is going to be only available on the PlayStation 5, so not, you can't get any of the older consoles. And then it's only new and qualifying returning subscribers could get the free access. So this is not a deal available to current subscribers. So not that you would need it anyway, because you're already paying for it. And the deal is only going to, it'll offer a deal up until uh, actually next year, which is great. And then after the six months expires, the subscription can be continued for ten ninety nine a month. What do you think, Jeff? Is this something Apple really is just trying to just get more interest in Apple Music, like they, like they already need it, right? Uh, yeah, but you know, this is a smart move. This is Apple taking a play from the Netflix playbook, one of the good plays, which is if you want to have everyone on your platform, make sure your platform is available where those people are. Absolutely. So. Yeah, so giving PlayStation owners a uh, uh, an incentive to do it, smart move. Good move, yep. What do you think, Ben? Yeah, I'm with Jeff here. It's, I mean, it's they're giving PlayStation 5 owners something. Um, people who, who can afford a PS5 these days obviously have a little bit of money, so... Or at least they did until uh, they bought their PlayStation. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this this is honestly Apple trying to do some conversion sales. Yeah, seems it. Seems it. And then going on to another trend here, this actually was just announced today as we record this. Apple Music Classical is now coming to the iPad. Well, hallelujah, it took this long. Apple Music Classic was uh, updated in the Apple Store app store today. It extends the services availability to beyond iPhone and Android. It brings it up to the iPads for the first time. Uh, and they did release this back in March of 2023. So it's uh, and the and the Google Play Store uh, as well. So version 1.1 of Apple's app is going to include interface specifically designed for the larger iPad display. Navigations sidebar and media play controls will be on the bottom of the screen. We, as we all know, uh, in 2021, Apple announced that they had purchased the classical music streaming service, Primephonic, and they took like an absolute forever and a day to finally get this released. And I know, Jeff, you've not been happy the way they went about this whole thing, and it's not available on the Mac and all this stuff. At least this is a good direction now. We got it on the iPad, huh? Yeah, th- this is a uh, a positive move. However, if you can release it on the iPad... Why not just release it on the Mac at the same time? Yeah. Because at that point, just let people install the iPad app and tell them it's the Mac app and call it good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because of course, but it, you can't. It's a start. You can't. So, but is, is it available today on the iPad? I believe so. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. See, that shows you how, uh, how much I've been out of the loop. To, there it is. I'm installing the crap out on my iPad right now. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> it is available today as we record here. So what's your thoughts, Ben? Um, I'm thinking in another eight months, I'll be able to use it on my Mac. Uh, that sounds about right. That's when I'll yeah. actually start really using it. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it seems like a decent, this rollout has been an uh, unneeded disaster. Yeah. Yeah. It's been yeah. very disappointing. Yeah. Literally the only, the platform Apple platform most usable with lossless yep. is still missing from Apple Music Classic. 
or classical. Yep. Yep. Lame. Very lame. Um, then the next story here is uh Qi two wireless charging is coming soon. The the first wireless chargers that support the new Qi tra- two charging standard are set to launch in time for the holiday season. Because this was an announcement by the wireless power consortium WPC. Uh, announced this this week as we record uh, the this is the next generation of uh, Qi charging that incorporates magnetic power profiles. Qi two tar- Qi two tar- devices will work like Apple's MagSafe feature, using magnets uh, for alignment and the speedy speedier charging. The iPhone 15 models are the first Apple smartphones that will support the actual Qi two standard. More than a hundred Qi two devices are in testing according to the, the consortium, including chargers from companies like Belkin, Mophie, Anchor, Air Charge, the usual suspects. Um, and the, mag- neg- the magnetic power profile was designed based on MagSafe contributions from Apple, and this has been combined with the new extended power profile to form what's considered Qi 2. Uh, ben, you've, you've had some good insights on the Qi 2 charging standard. You think this is exciting that this is finally coming out? Um, I think it's very exciting that it's coming out. Um, that said, we're not entirely sure what Qi 2 exactly is yet and how it'll work with any iPhones. I mean, chiefly the iPhone 15. Yeah. Uh, I mean, is it uh, essentially MagSafe by different name? Is it slightly different? Uh, will the iPhone 15 uh, work at full 15 watts of power on it? Right now, we don't have any of those any answers to those questions. Right. Um, what's your thoughts, Jeff? I think it's interesting how Apple has really been leaning into driving standards over the past several years, and this is just another example of that. Uh, I'm with Ben. I want to know more about what the, um, the final standard is going to include. Um, But it's kind of cool to see stuff getting ready to roll out. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I'm I'm, uh, glad to see this. So Uh, next story here, Google uh, will be begin deleting millions of inactive Gmail and drive accounts uh, next month in December, as we record uh, the start, of the great account purges only a few weeks away here. Um, uh, this was the hot potato. Google had actually introduced a new policy for inactive accounts earlier this year in 2023 that enhanced the security of dormant un- unused accounts that are slated for deletion. And then it will begin its enforcement on December 1st, 2023. They Google hasn't uh, issued initial warnings related to inactive accounts. Those untouched for at least two years and three weeks will be gone into that per their policy. Um, and, uh, I don't think this is a bad thing at all. And they go through a lot of other details of what uh, is going to happen. But, uh, Jeff, I think this was a long time coming. There is a lot of dormant Google accounts and we're, we're, we're probably the ones that have done that too. We've created accounts and just wanted to test and do things and use them and you forget about them and they're still sitting and they're out there dormant. Right, Jeff? Yep. And it's, it's not just the Gmail accounts that, uh, that are getting this. I found out when I got the email from Google that I have a blogger 
account that I set up. I think I have to. And it's part of this too. And my first thought was, well, that's clever timing for sending out a, um, a phishing email. Ah. So I went and actually checked and it turns out, no, I set up a blogger in 2005 to do some um, uh, demo stuff for a user group. Oh, and right. Never touched it again. Yep. So, yeah. Anyhow, so what I'm saying is the big news is I had set up a blogger account. Who knew? Yep. You you have a blogger account. You're, you're active using it, right? Correct. Uh, but I think that tech is is built on blogger. Yeah. I'm cheap. Hey, why not? No, no sense if it works for you. Because that, yeah. that platform has been around like forever. So you don't have to worry about them deleting your account. <laughs> no. And I'm not too worried about my blogger account. Yeah. So, um, the, uh, next story here, uh, iPhone 14 users are going to continue to get free emergency SOS via satellite for another year. Apple announced this today. Again, well, all these stories coming out this week as we record here, uh, the emergency SOS via satellite service is being extended for another additional free year for existing iPhone 14 users. Apple originally gave the new iPhone 14 owners two years of free uh, uh, after the device activation, which would have expired in November of 2024. Um, as we know, uh, now, now SOS, emergency SOS via satellite is going to now be free for two more years starting this week as a uh, time of activation of any iPhone 14 model. And Apple says the free trial will be extended for, app, for iPhone 14 users who have activated their device uh, in any country that supports it. Uh, and uh, yeah, this is uh, good to see. It's it, we've we've had so many stories about how it saves so many lives around the world, uh, and it gives m many examples of uh, where where people have gotten really stranded in, in rural areas with no no cell service at all. Uh, it's really come in handy. So I think this is a smart thing. Of course, iPhone 15 users don't have to worry because that already came up with it for for two years. So, but who's who knows, right, Jeff? As far as what what Apple's going to do in, in the next two years, they're going to start charging for it or not. I, I don't know. It'd be, it'd be interesting to see if they do. But here, here's my hypothesis, my prediction. Uh, when uh, we get close to the end of the iPhone 15 uh, coverage, by that point, Apple will have announced that it's just free. It's, it's just part of the service of owning an iPhone. Yeah. I, I, I think that uh, they they will not ultimately charge people for this service. Yeah, I, I would tend to agree with that. What do you think, Ben? Uh, actually, I was going to go in the opposite direction and say they are pretty much on the uh, Apple TV Plus trajectory here. Uh, it's free long enough where you you start to think of it as something that you can't be without. Then they charge. I, maybe, I can see that. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Maybe as part of Apple One, though. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I, okay, I can see that too. Ben, the reason I think ultimately this is going to be uh, a uh, a non charged thing, I, I, or potentially rolled into Apple One, is because this is one of those features where it, it would feel sort of like. If Apple started charging you for fall detection. Don't and, give them ideas. 
Right. But the, the optics of that would be really bad. And can you imagine the coverage, the news coverage of someone who hadn't paid for SOS getting stranded in the mountains and freezing to death in a blizzard because they couldn't get a message out? That's true. That's true. Yeah. I anyhow. And I, I'm looking forward to seeing what what does happen with this. And uh what 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 I am actually going to bring up too is this was uh this was a story actually that occurred in the Chicago area of uh, where I live. Um uh there was a uh uh there was a family that uh, had, is suing Volkswagen because their their car got hijacked. Their the lady's car got hijacked, and she was injured. And their toddler was sitting in a, in, a, in in the uh, uh, backseat of the car. And they 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 did steal the car. Um, and Volkswagen refused to activate the, the emergency services because she she hadn't paid for it. So what happened was wow. Yeah, what happened was the uh, uh, the, the, the police asked them to activate it. And says it was a hundred and fifty dollars fee to to activate the you know the 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 satellite service so they can track where the car is. Well, thank God that the, the police after forty minutes ended up finding the car and the and the baby was unharmed. But here's a, a prime example why something like this Apple may just consider, like you just said, allowing this to be a free service that is horrible and volkswagen this is volkswagen over the past several years has had so much bad press for doing just the wrong thing dumb things Mm -hmm. (laughs) and and stupid wrong things and this was a stupid wrong thing they should they should have just flipped the switch right then and uh and they they could have been the hero yeah but instead, uh, they made everybody remember Dieselgate. Exactly. Yep. I mean, uh, now, and, I, I yeah. could see Volkswagen's logic, which is crappy logic. Well, if if people don't pay for this and they just ask the police to turn it on in a specific emergency, no one will ever pay for it. Okay, Volkswagen, that should tell you something. Maybe you should charge for this. That's all they wanted, and they were insisting on it because, uh, sorry, that's our policy. Your free trial expired. Meanwhile, yeah, the woman is sorry 20- about your lost baby, and and, mm-hmm. and and the woman was twenty-four weeks pregnant on top of it with her second child. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it's just just as a prime example. I, I that reason I bring this up was uh, because of emergency SOS, and this could be something Apple could seriously consider that making just an included service. I mean, for the value of what an iPhone is. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, uh, next story here is, uh, we talked about, I had talked about the Apple pencil USB-C, uh, that promptly got returned. <laughs> I already got my credit back, mm-hmm. uh, cause it's just a horrible, horrible uh, pencil for what they want for it. Uh, but they didn't release a firmware update for it, uh, that it came out, uh, uh, this, this last week. There's no word, of course, what it fixes, what it updates, or what's included in the firmware, and they didn't provide any uh, release notes on it. Uh, it's almost identical in design as the Apple Pencil 2, but it's a little shorter, and it's the hidden USB-C port for charging and pa- pairing. And like I said, why it went back is because you can't charge it. With the iPad, you have to plug it in with a cord. I guess that I guess, and I think about it. You know, the the, the first gen Apple Pencil was even worse. <laughs> Sticking your Lightning connector on the <laughs> bottom of an iPad to charge it. So, 
Uh, so, mm-hmm. so they kind of kept it along those lines, but there is some firmware up there, uh, a firmware upgrade up there for it. So if anybody, uh, has this pencil, um, you'll be getting it soon. So I think not much else we could say about that other than, okay. Yeah. Too bad. <laughs> it can't update the poor, the, the poor build quality. Yeah. There's that too. Uh, yeah, that's, that's surprisingly disappointing. Yeah. Yeah, sure it is. Uh, Last story this week in the news here, TikTok has now launched support for adding songs to the Apple Music Library. Uh, It's this week, again, busy, busy week with things going on. Uh, They've launched a new add to music app feature with support with Apple Music, Spotify, and and Amazon Music. Uh, The feature allows users to directly save songs that they find on TikTok to their preferred music streaming service library via an add song button located beside the track name and at the bottom of the TikTok video. User, the users can then use the add to music app feature from an artist sound detail page. Uh, the first time the user presses the button, they'll be asked to choose what the preferred music was and the stream and the streaming service. So looks this an, another reason where, especially the fact that how insanely popular TikTok is. I don't think, I don't know if you guys spend as much time on TikTok as many other people I know, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but, but this is good because you've got millions and millions of eyeballs listening to music. And now this is uh, curating music that you like right into your Apple music uh, library. Uh, what do you think, Jeff? Super smart. And any music service that didn't get on board with this would be stupid. So of course, all the services that, uh, that people are using in a mainstream are on board. Yep. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Ben? yeah smart move this is definitely this is a name towards us this is aimed towards generation c great great all right yeah so that's uh most of the news for this week uh we'll have plenty more to talk about here shortly but uh let's uh jump right in to talk about um the uh new beta uh betas three of ios 17.2 and ipad os 17.2 is released to developers and the public beta is out as well uh, the biggest feature as we've been talking about is the journal app. Have you guys spelled, so I don't, I don't think you have Jeff, cause you don't put it on an iPhone, but, um, uh, have you spent any more time with the journal app, uh, Ben? Nope. It doesn't seem to interest you oh, much. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't, doesn't seem to interest you much, obviously. So I, I haven't seen, I have heard a whole lot of people talk about it, so, which is fine. This is kind of interesting. Um, well, so, I, I think we will hear people talk about it after the the general release is out. That's true. And I I think what we'll see is that uh, is that there will be people that start figuring out really interesting things you can do with the journal app and shortcuts, and then it will start to become a uh, compelling tool for people. Yeah, that is true. It, it definitely is going to be interesting to see where it goes. Um, beyond that, it's still, it's, it, I'm, I'm assuming it's been pretty solid for you, Ben. There's, there's been really any major bugs. It's working okay for you. Um, no, no, it's been really solid. Yeah. So I would venture to say it's probably going to get released soon, sooner than later. Um, with the Apple watch, the watch OS 10.2 is out for developers. Uh, then that's for testing. Uh, it's been a week since the previous version. Uh, and again, there's not much, uh, much change in that. Uh, watch OS 
who does add support for iMessage contact key verification, a feature designed for those who face extraordinary, extraordinarily the uh, digital threats such as journalists, human rights activists, and government officials. And uh, you, users can ensure that there is no man in the middle snooping on iMessage conversations. And there's a contact verification code so the iMessage users can verify that they're speaking to the correct individual during in-person meetings on FaceTime calls. So interesting stuff that they're adding to the Apple Watch. Um, and then uh, tvOS also got an update. As always, nothing really exciting going on with that. Um, that I, that that I that I found. Uh, it's uh, it does. When is the new interface rolling out for tvOS? Yeah, good question. I it lost has. track of that. Yeah. Now the the one word has the whole sidebar thing. Yeah, that's ten point two. Oh, it is. In, so it's in beta now. In seventeen point two. Oh, okay. So oh, yeah. okay, so it's the beta still. Okay. I, you're right. I think I'm running beta on one of my Apple TVs, and I, I seem to remember that that is there. The, 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 yeah, it, the, it is so much nicer. Yeah, the sidebar. Yeah, it says it here in the in the uh, in the article here. So, okay, it's hard to keep track of all of all these. Uh, oh, I know. As, especially when we know Apple TV doesn't get a lot of love most of the time during beta, <laughs> right? Usually, um. One thing we did talk about last week, it was the, the fact that that spatial, uh, the spatial audio, the spatial videos for the iPhone 15 pro that were going to be used for VR headsets. Um, Apple did add this feature to allow iPhone 15 pro and pro max users to record special spatial video that is designed for the upcoming Apple vision pro headset as vision pro is not available yet. There's no way to watch those videos in its 3d form on an Apple device. Um, the spatial video content can, however, be watched on the Meta Quest 3 and other 3D devices thanks to a workaround that a YouTuber found earlier this week. And we got a link in the show notes with this and how to manipulate the video to get it to run on a Meta VR headset. Um, and of course, it, the, the iPhone 15 Pro has to be running iOS 15.17.2. It's required to be able to even record those videos. Uh, interesting that somehow th- this workaround was found. I have this feeling that that's going to door is going to close pretty quick once Apple's already found out about this. Obviously, I don't think they want that being used on their competing device. Do you think? No, <laughs> especially when a YouTuber finds it. So, nothing. I haven't seen anything yet, but uh, this is this was just posted yesterday as we record this. So, uh, it's going to be uh, interesting to see where that goes. Got a long way to go yet with the with the Vision Pro. We're not sure. Uh, they said early twenty twenty four. So. It's going to definitely be interesting. So, all right, let's move to the biggest topic of today. Uh, this actually was announced today as we record this. Hell has frozen over. <laughs> <laughs> Apple has announced. Yes, the Cubs have won the series. Yeah, well, they did win. Yeah, that that happened now seven years ago. But uh, Apple has announced that RCS support is coming to the iPhone next year. In a, in a hugely surprising move, Apple has announced that uh, today, as we record this, that uh, it adopted the RCS, Rich Communication uh, Services, message standard. The feature will be launched via a software update, late, quote-unquote, later this year, and brings a wide range of iMessage-style features to messaging between the iPhone and the Android users. Apple's decision comes amid pressure from uh, regulators and competitors like Google and Samsung, if at all, who also comes comes as RCS has continued to develop to become a more mature platform than it once was. Uh, it's going to give us uh, 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 this was an actual statement that was uh, given to this is nine to five Mac. 
Uh, Apple spokesperson said that the app that the company believes RCS will offer better interoperability for cross-platform messages. And uh, there, I'm quoting the Apple rep here. It says later next year, uh, 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 we will be adding support for RCS Universal Profile. The standard is currently published by the GSM Association. We believe RCS Universal Profile will offer a better interoperability experience when coming compared to SMS or MMS, and this will work alongside iMessage, which will continue to be the best and most secure messaging experience for Apple users. This is big. This is just an absolute interesting thing because you, you go back to 2022 when Tim Cook was asked at that time when uh, about RCS because everybody's been asking, come on, Tim, when when is Apple going to adopt this? And 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 then Cook said at the time that Apple hadn't heard from many users asking us to put a lot of energy into bringing RCS support to the iPhone. Mm. Buy your mom an iPhone, Cook says when they asked about the lackluster <laughs> SMS port experience. <laughs> I remember that. That was I was just actually cracking up when that happened. So, um, uh, Jeff, I want to hear your first uh, thoughts and comments on this. Is uh, where uh, I mean, it's about time. I'm I'm shocked. And again, it sounds like it's probably not going to be till mid to late. 2024 anyway, but at least we could. Well, I always say teen. Yeah, I bet that's mm-hmm. what it'll be. Yeah. And um, um, yes, this is a better option compared to SMS, MMS. Right. Um, and what Apple's telling everyone is them taking control of the narrative. I firmly believe Apple is announcing RCS adoption now so that they are ahead of regulators and yeah. they get to control how this happens and hopefully avoid having to deal with with regulators saying how they have to implement this so mm-hmm. adding it in as a side thing for the people that that are going to use it say with android users great but but iMessage is still going to be the default. And they are right. iMessage is ultimately more secure than RCS. Uh, but at least come next year, you'll have the the opportunity to, to have more secure messaging with Android users than you currently have if you're if you're working inside the messages app. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and fun, and, uh, before I get to you, Ben, funny how there was an article a week ago that I had not talked about, uh, last week, but Google had wanted the EU regulators to actually force Apple to open up iMessage. Um, and they said that this messaging platform could fall under the digital markets act regulation in the EU. Uh, and all, all these, all these vendors, uh, all these companies, Google, Meta and other message service operators have fighting to get Apple to, to convince Apple to open out, open it up. Um, so maybe it's the, so weird to me. Yeah. Maybe because Apple, yeah, Apple outside the U S yeah. it's it. People aren't using iMessage. Right. Cause it, Android's a dominant WhatsApp. device. Yeah. 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 I'm sorry. Jump, jump off you there. No, I I'm done. I'll stop ranting. No, no, this is, this is big. So go ahead, Ben. I'm going to bring you in on this. Uh, what, what, what was your initial thoughts on this? There are two very important words there, universal and profile. Yep. Uh, the version of RCS Apple will be using is essentially the carrier version. Android uses a customized version with Google's own M- 
end-to-end encryption and a couple other things. Mm-hmm. Well, Apple won't be using that. Uh, essentially, this will be as a replacement to SMS or SMS and MMS. Um, so if you're going to think it's going to be 100% compatible with uh, the Google version, it's not. Yeah. I can't, I can't imagine it, uh, it, it, them doing it any other way. Um, it, it just really is, it, it's a big news. And I, I think we've always had people who don't care about it as much as your normal mm-hmm. user. You we always have the green bubble and the blue bubble. That was always the thing. Everybody says, Oh, I can't, I can't communicate with my Android friends and family. You always mess up our string of messages. Now, well, there isn't going to be mm-hmm. that, that issue. Hopefully, um, once this comes yeah. out, uh, Ben, um, you bringing up the fact that Apple is going with uh, the GSM standard version as opposed to the Google version. Mm-hmm. I'd forgotten about that. It totally makes sense though, mm-hmm. because, uh, and well, okay. It makes sense. And not because, uh, Apple is trying to snub Google in this instance, but they don't want to be, uh, beholden to Google for features and, uh, yeah, so of course mm-hmm. they're going to go with just the straight standard, and uh, and not have to wait for Google to to grace them with access to to their custom features. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. So it's definitely going to be interesting to see where this goes. Uh, this was a good topic to talk about uh, today because uh, it's exciting. It's going to be something that's really going to. Uh, change change things for the long longest it's been with uh, with messaging between these platforms. So, all right, we can go ahead and move on. And uh, other thing I want to talk about here is this was an interesting uh, uh, observation as well as uh, uh, charts here about the, the new devices. Uh, the iPhone 15 models have been are, are now equipped with Qualcomm's X70 modem chip. That, per, that had promises of faster 5G speeds over the X65 and prior generation Apple or iPhone 14 models. And testing was done by Okala, uh, and uh, uh, and uh, they went through all these different models of, of uh, smartphones. And, and the top f- phones were the iPhone 15 series of phones that were much faster and medium download speeds anywhere from 285 megabits all the way up down to uh, 249. Uh, and that, that was on the top four. And then you started looking at some of the other phones where you got the, the Samsung uh, Z Flip. And then you had the 14 Pro. Yeah, the speeds start to drop a little bit, but you could see what a dramatic increase in speeds with the 15 versus uh, the, the older 14s. And even the 14 and the 14 Plus, the download speeds are much dramatically slower than than a 15 here. Um, and what they were using, they were collecting it online through, through their, their speed test app that they're, that's, that's their, their, uh, site that a lot of us use to check speeds. They determined that they did about 54% faster speeds and downloads, uh, than the 14, uh, models. So, uh, comparing all this is, is just, it's interesting. It's interesting to see that, that 5g has improved that much over one model generation uh, that, that just does this. Um, what do you think about this, Ben? Um, Qualcomm does a phenomenal job with their, with their 5G modems, mm-hmm. uh, especially the X70 here. 
Um, quite frankly, despite Apple having their own modem division, I wonder if Qualcomm has too big of a lead right now. It's possible. You know, they're looking to uh, change their technology even further. Um, so, I mean, who's competing with them? Right now, nobody, effectively. Yep. What do you think, Jeff? Yeah, Ben, um, I, I believe you're right. No one is effectively competing with Qualcomm right now. Um, the other part of what you said, do they have too much of a lead? And uh, I'd say today, yeah, they do. That's why there's no one really competing with them. Mm -hmm. out of the race because uh, look at what they have done with their other processors and uh, I mean they they have created world class leading edge technology so they maybe they can catch up with Qualcomm Um, Apple announced the uh, 2023 App Store Award finalists um they shared the list of other standout applications. I always, I always fun taking a look at this every year. Um, the iPhone app of the year finalist was uh, All Trails, Duolingo, and Flightly. Seems like Duolingo ends up on their top list every year. Am, am I crazy? <laughs> no, it's it's really good. Yeah. Um, for those looking for translation for language lessons, um, uh, this one has Spanish, French, and German. It, yeah, it's number two in education uh, in the education category in, on the on the App Store. Every year, it seems uh, it, it seems uh, to always uh, make the editor's choice. I don't think, and I think it's a, there's a free version of it, and then you you can um, you can uh, get in the app purchases too. Do you, do you use Spend? Not as much as I should. Um, my Russian and Ukrainian are <laughs> very poor. <laughs> But, I mean, the fact that they have successfully gamified language learning um, to a point, to a degree that nobody else has, um, yeah, Duolingo deserves all the props that they're getting. Have you used this uh, app, Jeff? No, um, but I really should. Um, I, I have friends that, that, even beyond Ben, I actually have friends. <laughs> and me. Oh, wait, what? no, the point is I, I have friends that are using Duolingo and really like it. And uh, yeah, I, I I should be doing this. If, if for nothing else, I should really learn Spanish because it is uh, uh, used heavily around where I am. And it would be really nice to be able to speak with people. Um, it, just on on their terms. Yep, absolutely. All right, I guess I need to download Duolingo. <laughs> There's another one that. Uh, that okay. Go ahead. It, try the try this one, Jeff. Dos cervezas, por favor. <laughs> now that one I can do <laughs> because you never want just one. It's true. Uh, the travel app flight flight flighty is uh, the live flight tracker uh, app is uh, probably one of the best of out there as far as tracking um, uh, 
your flight delays. Uh, it, it works across all the platforms, including uh, iPhone, iPad, the Mac, as well as on the Apple Watch. Uh, and they have weather radar built in. There's, you can take a look at live weather, you know, as the flights are, are, are going and a lot of great stuff here. It does have some free services, but you do have to pay for a, for a month to month up to an annual fee. The annual fee is up to forty seven ninety nine. So, I mean, if you're, if you travel a lot, this is definitely a, an app that's well worth uh, the investment. Um, because I hear a lot of good things about, uh, flighty. Um, I've, I've, I've downloaded it and played with it, just the free version. And, uh, yeah, I think it's pretty good. If you fly a lot, you need an app like this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I've been using Flight Update Pro for years and years, yep. and um, and it's been invaluable. And Flighty is an excellent app as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And then uh, the third one was uh, All Trails. This is for those who are into hiking, biking, and running. It's a GPS a GPS trail maps uh, for all kinds of. Uh, activities and, and there's over 400,000 plus trails that it, it tracks and that uh, does uh, make it really easy to, 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 to get around to where you are making sure you're staying on the right path and tracking your progress. And, um, and this one's at, this one does have an in-app purchase. Uh, they have a plus up to, uh, it looks like they have a bunch of different, uh, in-app purchase plans that'll give you more advanced features, but 4.9 out of five for many people who've rated it. And there's over 800, 38 different 838,000 different ratings uh, for this app. So to have it that good, it, it obviously must be really good. Um, it is that good. And oh, that's right. That's right. And Jeff, uh, Ben, have you, have you used it? I mean, because I know you do a lot of uh, walking. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. I, I've used, I've used all trails for years now. It's, um, if you, if you like hiking or, you know, that kind of stuff, any kind of outdoors. Uh, this is an absolute must have app. Okay. Good. I agree. Speaking, speaking of must app ha- uh, apps here, uh, the iPad app of the year. Uh, the first one is DaVinci resolve that that is an amazing, uh, photo editing, uh, and video editing, uh, uh, no video mm-hmm. editing tool, excuse me. Uh, and it's very popular and it's free, which is great. Uh, you definitely don't have to pay for that. They do have a studio version, but most people shouldn't have to pay for it. I mean, it's available uh, on the Mac as well as on the iPad. Um, they just added it to the iPad. I believe it was this year. So it's a pretty new. That's from Blackmagic Design. Um, yeah. And qu- quite frankly, uh, my advice, use the free the free one. Yep, It's incredibly robust. Uh, if you find yourself needing extra features, um, well, adding the paid version is probably just the cost of business. Right. Oh, now, Jeff, I know you use, but I think, go ahead, sorry. But I think you're probably gonna be fine with the free version. Yeah. I don't see that too many people have been, been paying for the, the paid version on DaVinci. I mean, Jeff, I know you use LumaFusion. So I, have you compared these two to see if, uh, the, the, any compelling reason you would use it? Um, it's really good. That's a compelling reason to use it. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm already completely invested in LumaFusion and I've gone through my learning curve and there, there's no reason for me to switch. However, if I were choosing today, I would probably end up with DaVinci Resolve. Yeah. 
the price point is very compelling too, but you get so much in the free version. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Plus it's, it's uh, pretty much pan platform at this time, at this point. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um, the other app here, I'm, I have this feeling you might've tried this before, Jeff is concepts. It's a sketch note and drawing uh, app. Uh, oh, I forgot about concepts. Yeah. It <laughs> looks like a really cool app here that, that gives you all kinds of plans for, to create concepts and vector based uh, sketchbook. We can take your ideas from concept to reality. Um, very highly rated. Um, it, it, does, it, it's free with the in-app purchases as well. Um, Sounds like you haven't used it in quite a while. If you, you tried it once, right, uh, Jeff? I did, and it's really cool. And um, I'm not using it because it's not the right app for me. Right. Which is not to say there's anything wrong with this at all. It's just for the types of drawings that I'm doing. Um, concepts isn't the tool that I need, but it's a really good app. Absolutely. What about you, uh, Ben? Have you tried this? Um, I have not. I'm, I have absolutely zero artistic ability. Yeah, I'm about right up there with you. Well, <laughs> Ben, th- this is an app that might help you some because you can you can take elements and put them together. But um, if, if you're not into drawing or or designing things that look drawn, mm-hmm. then. You, you you probably wouldn't get any value out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I, I screw up on stick figures. <laughs> I'm saying this genuinely and with all honesty. I am looking forward to seeing what you draw at some point. And and, and I swear, there's no dig in that at all. And uh, when I see your art, I'm not going to be making fun of you. I am genuinely looking forward to seeing your art. There you go. There you go. Um, so let's uh, talk a little about, uh, about experience working, going into the Apple store. Jeff, you, you texted this to me and I, I thought this would be a great topic to talk about because we we're always asked where, where's the best place to buy an Apple product specific, especially the iPhone. Um, and you can go to your carrier, whether it be AT&T or mobile or Verizon or any, whatever your other carriers that you actually go to the stores, or you could, you know, use a, a, a vendor like Mint mobile where you don't have to go to a store and just get it set up and just get your phone. Um, but, uh, Jeff, you, you said you had a good, you had an experience where you went to the, to a carrier's uh, store and then it was not a good experience. And then you ended up at the Apple store and then your family member uh, was very happy with their result at the Apple store. Right. Yeah. Uh, yes. And, and this story is so fresh that, uh, I am home from it only a couple hours ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So what happened was my mom was ready to upgrade from her iPhone seven to a new iPhone. And, um, and my parents, they're on T-Mobile, so they they wanted to go to the T-Mobile store. They wanted me to go with them because they they wanted me there for moral and technical support. And of course, I'm going with my parents to the to the Apple store or whatever store if they ask me <laughs> for help. Of course. So we get in the store, and uh, and it started off fine. Um, we we picked out the phone mom wanted, and. Um, then 
that's when it all started to fall apart mm. because then, then it was, all right, so here's what the phone will cost. <laughs> and there's the $35 fee for, um, for taking you from the phone you're on to the phone you're going to have, even though it's the same phone number and same account. And, uh, and all these things just kept adding up. And then, and then finally, um, we're, we're at the point where my parents are ready to throw down their credit card. And, um, and I don't even remember the question my dad asked. And I wish I could, because he asked the question and the guy didn't give him a satisfactory answer. And I looked at my parents and they looked at me. And before I had even said, let's go, they were already turning and, uh, and walking out. And, um, the, and the and the guy, he had tried to convince us that going to the Apple Store was a bad idea. They that they can't really help you get ported from your old phone to your new phone, and you have to wait too long, and and uh, and and it costs more. Anyhow, so we hop in the car, we we drive uh, over to the Apple Store. And walked in, and immediately someone w- was helping us. And not not only were they able to help us, it ended up costing less because the thirty five dollar fee you don't get charged at the Apple Store, and uh, T Mobile has uh, a thing going where you get a thirty dollar discount. When you're uh, paying for your phone up front, it, it, it was it was some carrier kickback. So they saved thirty five dollars. Then they saved an extra thirty dollars from from that, and uh, and mom traded in her old iPhone, and that they were going to do that at the T Mobile store, but it was going to be a much more involved process. So it's an iPhone seven. And they, they gave her $40 for an yeah, iPhone 7. Or nothing. Yeah. So that was an extra $40 off right there. Then uh, my mom wanted a, a, a screen protector. Apple sells screen protectors that come with a warranty. So if uh, if the screen protector gets broken, you go back to the Apple store and they put a new one on for you. And so they, they took care of putting that on. Uh, my mom had found a case at the uh, at the T-Mobile store that she really liked, so they went ahead and bought that. Nope, they screwed that up, sold her the wrong case, and uh, and unfortunately, I didn't catch that mm. at the time. Yeah, I mean, there's so much going on, sure. and that was the one thing I missed. So she ends up with with a case she can't use, finds a case she preferred anyhow at the Apple store. Yeah. So took care of that they they took care of the the whole process of moving her to the new phone um just absolutely smooth experience and uh and walked her through the whole let's migrate all of your your settings and data and, and everything and made sure it was working correctly before we left the store and it cost less than going to the T-Mobile store. Everyone was nicer. There, there was no the the person that we were dealing with at T-Mobile store. They weren't directly condescending, 
-hmm. but there were moments where it sure felt like it. And there was none of that at the Apple store. And, uh, and so when we were done, instead of leaving with that kind of tense feeling that, that my parents had at the T-Mobile store, they left relaxed and happy. And my mom was very excited to have her brand new green iPhone 15 with her, with her, uh, with her clear case that has a metallic green MagSafe ring on the back. And, uh, and she, she, uh, she was just smiling and happy. And based on the way our experience started at the T-Mobile store, we would had we done the whole purchase and process there we would have left probably emotionally exhausted <laughs> all of us and i am certain the process of getting her all of her data and uh, settings from her old iphone to her new iphone would not have been completed they wouldn't have spent, they wouldn't have spent the time <laughs> yeah and my dad who's who's always been insistent on, no, 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 we have to go to the carrier store to get new iPhones. As we left the Apple store, he said, I will never go into a T-Mobile store again. Yeah. And was it a company store or was it a, like a third party store? It was, it was a T-Mobile company store. It was okay. Mm -hmm. Cause that's the thing. Sometimes with carriers, they, you know, you have these third party vendors that, that resell the service, but, uh, but are allowed to use the branding like T-Mobile. Yeah. and, And actually, that bites people. Like, yeah. let's say you have a, a, a T-Mobile phone that has a, a SIM card in it still, right. and your SIM card fails. If you go into an actual T-Mobile store, they replace the card. If you go to one of the third-party stores that appears like it's a T-Mobile store and they don't tell you it's not, right? Of course, they will charge you for that SIM card. Yeah, it's crazy. Absolutely yeah. crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I mean, I... I can't tell people enough how, how, what an amazing experience is to be in the Apple store. Just overall, just that experience alone just kind of proves it. Um, and I'm on the Apple upgrade program every year. So I, I, I generally don't go into the store, but I, I get the phone shipped to me or I would go pick it up. And it's, I always love to go there just to have the, to, to experience what employees are trained to do. They're trained to please the customer. And then that's what, Every time we're, I know all three of us have been in Apple stores and have had that experience that it's just, well, how do you, how do you, how do you beat that? I mean, Apple has just, just done an amazing job in their retail work stores to, to make sure that the customer is happy with the, the products that they purchase. And that's a good case in point because the iPhone is the, probably the most time consuming purchase of all the, of all the purchases you're probably ever going to make from Apple. Yes, it is. I mean, it's a process and it's not just run in the store and run out with a new phone unless you're planning on doing everything on your own at home. Yeah. Which most, most people don't want to do that. You know, the three of us as being a technologists and having a, a, the tech savviness to do it ourselves, we're generally okay with it. But, you know, sometimes I like to just kind of experience what, what Apple does only because uh, it's a pleasure to see and makes me even happier that I am into Apple's products only because of that reason, because you go, you go buy a, a Samsung phone. You know, good luck getting a good support with that. I mean, people yeah. are out there who love Android over an iPhone. That's fine. But I don't see the experience of, of, of the support uh, between the two, uh, two, between two brands that is any good. 
Um, it, it was truly a really, really good customer experience. I know it's harder for you, Ben, because you're not as close to the Apple store as we are. But <laughs> uh, after hearing that, um, especially with that $35 fee, yeah, it might actually be cheaper to, to for, for us to drive to Madison. Yeah, just to drive there to to spend the time to uh, a good road trip uh, to go to the Apple store um, mm-hmm. to uh, to get that experience. I mean, I've purchased Macs. At, I, I mean, I purchased Macs at the Apple. You can sometimes get better deals at, at some of the retailers that are selling it. Uh, but I've always had a good experience with that. And you, you might find an interest when they have the sessions there, there's some training sessions and talking about uh, some of the uh, ways you can use your products and you can't get that at T-Mobile store. All T-Mobile wants to do is get you in there, get them on, you know, get you on the service and get you out the door. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, it's uh Good, good to hear that. And you told me that. And I said, "Yeah, we got to talk about this again because it's just it's so it's so so important to 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 get that good experience." I must say. Um. Yeah, it, it was a very good experience for my parents. One last thing I wanted to talk about here. I thought this was interesting. Um, uh, Mac uh, Mac Rumors uh, d- did this article talking about what's left uh, that's still sold with an with a lightning port, and. I find it always, I think we all pretty much know off the top of our heads where, what products are still using the lightning uh, port. You know, Apple still sells the older iPhones. So you have the SE and you have the iPhone 13 series and the 14, the 14 plus, and then that's still available. Uh, so you have those still being used with lightning. The ninth generation of the iPad, that's still with lightning. The AirPods Max, which are really raw and, and getting old, but they they came out a number of years ago now. Um, use lightning port to charge. Uh, and, uh, of course we talked about the Apple pencil, the first gen, I don't think as many people are using that. Then you got the magic keyboard, the magic keyboard with touch ID that still has, uh, has that. And then our most favorite one is the magic mouse. <laughs> uh, <laughs> God, still to this day, I yeah. don't understand why Apple thinks that that's a good concept by having the plug at the bottom of the mouse. And when it needs to be charged, you can't use it. What it tells me is that Apple engineers are replicants and they failed the Voight comp test. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you got the magic trackpad, which I use. And then you know, there's a number of uh, cables and adapters that are still out there that they're still selling that you can use to you know, connect like HDMI connectors and, and uh, USB-C connectors and all that stuff. Um, but plus three. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you got, uh, so the, the numbers are starting to dwindle. I mean, you got uh, as as years go by here. I think that lightning port will finally start to disappear because because you, you know a lot of people have were were disappointed when the Apple announcements came out and they still hadn't changed uh, the peripherals with the, the keyboard and the and the mouse and the trackpad. That still you got to use a gosh darn lightning port, right? Yep. Yeah. New iMacs with keyboard yeah. and mouse. That charge through lightning. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think in that case, like what just one day they're gonna magically switch to USB C once all the inventory's out of the out of the way. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, I'm sure you're right. Yeah, I agree. So uh, definitely interesting to take a look at. Uh I'd like to know 
what your thoughts are about this, you know, send me some email feedback at intouchwithios.com. Should should Apple finally be, be getting rid of this uh, lightning connector? Because it's just not, uh, it's it's getting old. I think it's time to fi- finally retire it. We had the 30-pin connector. We went to lightning. So that didn't take too long after that, once that finally disappeared, once the iPod was discontinued. So, uh, so yeah, I think with the next maybe two years, will probably be at the top. So we'll probably be talking about this again and all the new, all the iPads will, from what they're rumoring anyway, that they're going to go to the USB-C of the new, mm-hmm. the newer generation entry-level iPad. And, uh, and then, you know, iPhones will start to, as we get to the, the 16 and the 17 and the 18 model iPhones, then we'll probably start seeing where the USB-C will be the dominant uh, connector for the iPhone. And we'll, we'll just be looking back in history with everything else with Apple and uh, something that they've that they changed and laugh about it and said, oh yeah, remember that? I remember that uh, lightning connector? Well, we don't use that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, you know, the lightning connector, it, it was place. such a big improvement. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It was like perfect. light years ahead when it came out. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, I, I get why it was time to move on on multiple levels for Apple. Um, but yeah, I'm surprised that they haven't um, already done the transition with at least more of the accessories. And Ben, yeah. I'm sure you're right. They they have yeah. inventory to work through. And and my guess in, in many cases, it's not, it's not the inventory that's already assembled. It's a uh, uh, pre-order pre-purchases on components. And so they have to work through the rest of that yep. before they move on to USB-C connectors. Absolutely. So, all right. Well, we've come to a close for another episode here. Let's go ahead and wrap things up. Uh, that's a wrap for this week. Please send your comments, questions, and suggestions to our email address, which is feedback at intouchwithios.com. You can follow us on Mastodon at intouchwithios at techhangout.social. Support the show by buying me a coffee at intouchwithios.com slash coffee. We'd really appreciate it. You can become a patron of the show by going to patreon.com slash intouchwithios. We have three, two tiers available to support the show. We would really appreciate it. Make sure you like, share, and subscribe when uh, so you're notified when we are live streaming, which is on Thursday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash intouchwithios where you can watch the current and past live streams as well as the past they listen to the past shows visit, visit in touch with ios magazine on flipboard where many of the topics we discuss are flipped into the magazine the link is on our show notes you can subscribe to our show in your favorite podcatcher including pocket casts overcast apple podcasts and many others but better yet go to our website at in touch where all the ways to, all the ways to listen to us are there I am Dave Ginsberg, and you can find me on Mastodon at DaveG65. And Jeff Gamut, thank you, as always, for being here. Where can people find you? Well, thank you, as always, for letting me join you. Um, you can find me on social medias as Gamut, And I am most active on Mastodon, Instagram, and working on threads. Um, for shows, most Tuesdays, Chuck Joyner lets me join in on Mac Voices Live. Then here we are on Thursdays, Dave. So thank you for letting me join in on In Touch with iOS. Then uh, for the British Tech Network on Thursdays, 
The Big Show. Then on Fridays, The Mac Show. And Brian Chaffin and I record The Context Machine, too. Excellent. Thank you. And uh, Ben Rathick, where can people find you? Thanks for being here. Um, well, you can find me at Ben Rathig on the social medias. Uh, Rathig.tech for my website. I have a brand new article out there about uh, the, uh, the the new ARM chips coming next year to PCs. And for where you can find me on shows, uh, just take the context machine out of what Jeff just said. <laughs> he is better. That's fair. Yeah. Ben, you know, it's a treat that I get to spend so much time with you every week. Same here. Same here. All right. And uh, thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show and watching. And until next time, we'll talk again soon.